Hello everyone and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is January 31st, 2022. And so as we have been doing, let's begin with a brief moment of silence, followed by the sounding of the noontime recollection. So let's link with each other and build the bridge towards the spiritual hierarchy. We know, O Lord, of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So we work together each week as a group to introduce this planetary service of triangles to people who are new to it, and also to aid them in the forming of triangles. And we also come together to create a platform whereby those of us who are already members of triangles can participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work involves establishing lines of lighted loving communication between three people who agree to link up with each other every day. Three people link as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation, a powerful world prayer, is sounded as a perfect vehicle for the release and circulation of spiritual energies throughout the etheric network, lifting the consciousness of humanity touching all open hearts and minds who can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. This work need only take a few minutes each day and can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. Tomorrow, as you may know, is the Aquarius new moon. And so the Lucis Trust in New York is holding our monthly new moon meeting that begins at 6 p.m. Uh, new York time. So those of you who can participate, we appreciate your working together with us during this lower interlude period. And today, after the meditation, we'll be hearing again from Brad Berg, who lives in upstate New York. Um, Brad works, has worked for many years in the mental health field, and he's a founding member of the LifeBridge Sanctuary in Rosendale, New York, and he's been working with the Alice Bailey materials since 1976. So we look forward to hearing from Brad later about the theme of what can we do to help prepare for the reappearance of the Christ. But now let's, as we always do, let's begin by working with a brief visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize a triangle, the triangle of the three primary planetary centers, the planetary head center, Shambhala, the planetary heart, the spiritual hierarchy, and the planetary throat, the center of humanity. Visualize each point of this triangle encompassed by a sphere of lighted energy that's circulating in all directions around the triangle, filling it with light, 
now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center through the five points of the star. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Project a bridge of light towards the hierarchy and sound together the invocation of light. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Behind all the harshness and suffering in our world, there exists a quiet stirring within the human heart that provides the seed for all profound changes that are on the horizon. All around us and within us, on the most fundamental level, something far deeper than we've ever known or experienced is attempting to come to birth. As we begin to awaken to what is occurring, our direction changes and we find ourselves following a new way, a new path. We begin to take our cues from an inner compass and no longer from the many strident voices that too often seek to pull us in a myriad of directions. We begin to move in concert with the gentle voice that penetrates our consciousness at odd moments, leaving impressions, fleeting indications of a profundity that we can't fully capture, let alone comprehend. Sometimes, because of its very fragility, this subtle voice fails to penetrate 
into the coarseness of daily life. For too often the outer things with their immediacy and fleeting pleasures command our attention in ways that leave us encased within the walls of ourselves and the veils of this world, forgetting our true master. A call if not responded to, a knock if ignored, causes the doors of inner perception to close, at least for time. So in order to travel this way, we're asked to pay attention and awaken to the opportunities that are seeking to reveal themselves all around. For all that we find so beautiful in this world of ours, its people and the love that we can share, the subtleties of nature, the delicacies of fine art and the power of music, all these pale in comparison with the beauty that exists within the subtle reality. Many people today understand this and are consequently cultivating and nurturing this deep well within, a well that sustains them amidst the surface fragmentation. These moments provide the seeds that will come to fruition at another gentler time. We're laying the foundation now, both within ourselves and within the world at large for a flowering of consciousness and spirit that will be greater, vaster and nobler than anything we've ever known. Regardless of where our outer service responsibilities may lie, we can each form part of an inner nucleus of people who will daily meet each other at a set time and in the secret place. This is happening now. Meditation is perhaps our most powerful tool for individual and planetary transformation. It becomes a way of life and a state of consciousness that permeates our attitudes and actions throughout the day. Through meditation, we become the path as we seek the way from within the very fabric of consciousness itself. That path leads us from darkness to light, from the unreal to the real, from death to immortality, from chaos to beauty. Eventually we come to realize that our spiritual practices have a much larger universal purpose and are in fact part of a vast planetary restructuring that's going on at this time. As we meditate, we increasingly find ourselves caught up within the rhythm of this emerging planetary heartbeat. Sometimes people disparage spiritual seekers, viewing them as self-absorbed, impractical idealists, remote and distant from the concerns and cares of the world and its affairs. And while this attitude clearly does characterize some people, increasing numbers of seekers today recognize the need for a mental focus and an engaged spirituality. For them, there are no distinctions between the spiritual and the so-called material world. For their reality is centered in the firm recognition that the whole intent and purpose of a spiritual life is to use our hearts and minds to alleviate suffering and to help prepare the way for the coming events that could be so near at hand. It's said that one disciple thinking truth can revolutionize his or her environment and a group so thinking can change the world. So let's work now with our, sorry, with our meditation. So we come together and integration as a group. 
Let's focus ourselves on the mental plane. Breathing deeply. Linking in thought as a soul, a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working within this Triangles Meditation Group. And we project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, the center Shambhala. And we sound together the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now project the line of lighted energy towards the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Precipitation 
Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relationships. You refocus the consciousness and project the rainbow bridge into the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud, let's pause and consider the words as they're poured out. Let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, 
and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. Now, I'd like to welcome Brad. Okay. Brad, are you there? Yes. Okay. Hey, welcome. Thanks, Kathy. And thanks so much to Lucy's Trust and to you, Kathy, for giving me yet another opportunity to speak with you folks about the reappearance of the Christ, or as we're calling it today, the reappearance of the world teacher. And Kathy, that was a, a deep and beautiful little talk you gave uh, a few minutes ago. Really, um, really poetic. So um, today, please don't accept anything I am saying unless you can confirm it through your own experience, or if it has the ring of truth for you, just then uh, consider it as possible and see what happens if you explore it. So at this Triangles webinar, I will not address the prophecies about the coming one or how or where or when it will happen. I will uh, simply and humbly hope to inspire and motivate us as we discuss a few ways we can help make the reappearance happen. One key method is distributing information about the reappearance. We can encourage others to explore the possibility and help present the idea of the reappearance to the minds of people who may not have given it a second thought, or who may vaguely believe it is possible, or who may remain doubtful, yet are receptive to the idea, perhaps intuitively. Essentially, I'm talking about contributing to the building and energizing of the planetary thought form of the reappearance, enhancing the worldwide invocative effort and assisting the event to actually happen. And yes, it has been referred to as an event. Many people believe in a messianic age or think that Christ or world teacher is already here within each of us. And these beliefs may very well be true, but they're not opposed to the expectation of the imminent coming 
of what the ageless wisdom refers to as the world teacher. And those folks and their beliefs can and do coalesce with what we are talking about. We can find common ground with the mindset of others regarding the possibility of a divine appearance. Maybe they will speak to others who will speak to others who will speak to others, helping to generate an ever increasing sense of expectancy throughout the planet. We don't have to tell you how bad things are in the world today and how adrift humanity has become from what is possible and what we are taught is intended. There's an incredible intensification happening here on earth on all levels. Climate change, COVID, such polarization that results in separation, distrust, anger, oppression, war. And there are all kinds of inequality, inequality of food, access to money, healthcare, participation in governments. And all, all of us seem to have our own personal struggles and challenges in life too. So it's extremely noteworthy to me to see that two of the Alice Bailey books, The Reappearance of the Christ and The Externalization of the Hierarchy, total 890 pages. 890 pages. Clearly, this is an exceedingly important topic for the Master DK to have given us all that material to work with. One tool given to us in the books is the reflective meditation upon preparation for the reappearance of the Christ, which many of us do on Thursdays. The meditation is on preparation for the reappearance, not just about the reappearance itself. To prepare is a verb. So we are asked to act. And this talk here is something of a call to action. Of course, there are many among us and connected with us who are not able to act physically at this time. And just doing this meditation regularly is a great service of preparation unto itself. I know that many of you have been acting on this subject for years or even decades. So I don't mean to harass you or even to ask you to do more. So let's just take a couple of looks at some key parts of the reappearance meditation. A line from an affirmation near the start of the meditation includes the words, I have no other life intention. I have no other life intention. That is a truly serious statement for us to make and to affirm. It leaves me with an incredibly deep sense of responsibility. So I wonder, is DK actually suggesting that the work of helping to make the reappearance happen is the most important thing in our life for us to do? I don't know. But if so, it's also clear that preparing the way can happen in a myriad of ways other than distributing information about the reappearance. There are so many ways to build the pathway of light that's mentioned in the monthly full meditation, full moon meditation work. More words from the reappearance meditation are, I will do all I can to prepare men's hearts and minds for that event. All I can. Wow. Another clarion call by DK for us to take action. And then there is ponder upon the reappearance of the Christ. Reflect and speculate on the possible results of his appearance. By doing this, we are helping to create the thought form of the reappearance and we assist it in precipitating onto the physical plane. These are a few of the ways that we help to create a climate of hope and expectancy throughout humanity. And this itself is invocative. All the major religions have some expectation of a coming one. And this widespread expectation also helps to invoke the reappearance. Hierarchy has their own reason for externalizing, yet, Humanity still has a real role in invoking the coming one, and the sooner the better. Other things we can do? We can distribute the great invocation. You may want to consider the adapted version, which may be more palatable for many, and we can use it at least once daily or more often, multiple times a day. And please keep in mind that Lucis Trust can provide you with several different formats of the Great Invocation, which we can then distribute. And we can be on the lookout for places to leave copies of the Invocation.
We can donate copies of the reappearance of the Christ book. We can do that to local houses of worship or libraries or friends, bookstores. And we can speak with others. We can explore their thinking without proselytizing. We can ask, gee, do you think it could happen? And if he showed up today, if Jesus showed up on the world scene today, what do you think he'd be saying? And what are the implications of the arrival of such a great being? How would the world respond? So I'm talking about engaging people in conversation. We can articulate this subject in a way that is easier to digest in the 21st century, based on the ageless wisdom teachings, as most people have only heard about the reappearance through references from the Bible or other sacred texts that um, haven't been updated in, in many centuries. And some people have a hard time relating to that archaic language. We can describe a context for the reappearance by discussing the existence and nature of the hierarchy and that the coming one is not coming alone. For Christians, we can remind them of the line in the New Testament that says, words to the effect of, Jesus was a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's really interesting. Jesus was a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Maybe you can engage people in a conversation about the ramifications of Jesus being part of a group. You could also give a talk on the reappearance at a house of worship for a so-called new age group or maybe at a bookstore or a community center, or maybe to some friends and neighbors, what some people call a salon. I realized that may take some strenuous efforts to overcome fear, especially fear of how we will be received or perceived. We can turn our beliefs about the reappearance into action, as many of us are already doing. We can't assume that they will take care of it, that they will make it happen. There is no they. It's up to all of us. It's part of overcoming what DK referred to in his book, The Reappearance, as the inertia of spiritually minded people. A lot of people are content just to believe it's going to happen, especially here in the USA, which is conditioned by the sixth wave abstract idealism. Remember, belief is not action. The sixth ray has its home on the astral plane, the plane of emotions, and our beliefs and desires don't always make it into real life on the physical plane. But in this case, maybe he who, has been, he who has been called the desire of all nations will arrive soon, maybe even in our lifetime. Maybe that's why I'm here today talking to you like this. So um, we, I don't claim to know when. We can help with the great preparation, each in our own way. There's plenty of energy available for us to use in the work of preparation some of which we have invoked through our individual and group meditations. Of course, successful work on a global scale requires efforts in all human domains. Critically important is the generation and spreading of goodwill leading to right human relations. But that's another talk and the trusts goodwill programming has covered that really well. There are endless ways to serve. Just listen to your own soul. So uh, moving towards the close of my uh, comments today, I'd like to leave you with um, two brief extracts from the Alice Bailey books. This one uh, is from the last line of the book, The Reappearance of the Christ. In such an hour as you think not, he will come. In such an hour as you think not, he will come. So let's not wait for some ultimate crisis of humanity as many expect that the world teacher will come at that time to save us from utter catastrophe. For a couple of billion people, that utter catastrophe is already happening. In the Agni Yoga books, we read that Armageddon is already here. And we also read in Agni Yoga that the age of Kali Yuga is ending and Satya Yuga, the age of truth has begun. And in the Bailey books, we read that the age of Aquarius is beginning. Good things are happening. Our dreams can come true if we work on it.
Thank you Isn't so much. Oh, is it, you have another quote. Sorry, Brad. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. From the last page of the externalization of the hierarchy by Alice Bailey. And when I read this, uh, please note the use of the word must, DK's use of the word must. Your spiritual goal is the establishing of the kingdom of God. One of the first steps towards this is to prepare men's minds to accept the fact that the reappearance of the Christ is imminent. You must tell men everywhere that the masters and their groups of disciples are actively working to bring order out of chaos. You must tell them that there is a plan and that nothing can possibly arrest the working out of that plan. You must tell them that the hierarchy stands and that it has stood for thousands of years and is the accumulated, sorry, is the expression of the accumulated wisdom of the ages. You must tell them above all else that God is love, that the hierarchy is love, and that Christ is coming because he loves humanity. This is the message which you must give at this time. And with this responsibility, I leave you. Work, my brothers. And the last few lines from the Bailey books, from Esoteric Psychology, Volume 1, page 189. Those who are not ready for the coming events will be blinded by the emerging light and bewildered by the revealing wonder. They will be swept by the living breath of God and it is to you that we look to fit them for the event. Yeah. Reading that and remembering a vision I had makes me think that maybe he's talking about a planetary Pentecost. I guess we'll see. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. And thanks, folks out there for listening. Thank you. Such inspiring uh, commands from the Tibetan. He did say that his two most important teachings of all the 20 one plus volumes was the teaching on the reappearance of the Christ and the teaching on the new group of world servers. So that puts it into perspective. And um, so thank you. We, we need to uh, find perhaps new ways, as you said in your talk, to present this idea. So. You mentioned quite a few. Do you have any other thoughts on that subject of the idea that decades have passed since this, this call was gone out? Um, the call still stands, but the world is so different. Um, do you have any other thoughts about how to work in this day, in this age, to present this idea? Well, yeah, I mean, I learned the hard way once upon a time to not give too much focus to the time factor. Mm -hmm. And maybe uh, the worse the world gets, the more important it is to, to do this. Um, I'm thinking of a little note I have tacked on the side of my file cabinet here. It says, meditate on the future, commit to a course of action. Th that's really hard to do in this case. I mean, it, it can be really strange to gear up and try to go out and talk to people about this. I mean, there's a fear that they'll look at you like, you know, are you crazy? Are you a fanatic? Yeah. We don't have to give talks, but, you know, I'm just encouraging folks to find some way to do something. Um, you know, some people think, well, there were so many references in the books to 2025 and, you know, it's all going to happen in 2025. Maybe, I don't know, but I think about eclipses and how, the impact of a, an eclipse astrologically doesn't happen right away. It could take months or years to, to play out. I just read that last paragraph, as, as you and I have discussed many times, Kathy, from the externalization. You know, you mm. must tell men everywhere. Mm -hmm. He uses the word must so much. I, I just find that inspiring. And yeah. It's up to all of us to find our own way. Yeah. Yeah. I... 
you and I were speaking earlier about an idea or a concept that I think, and you agreed, that opens the door for us to present this idea in a way that many people might resonate with if you bring up the idea of the teaching on rebirth. I wonder if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, I think it's becoming fairly common, uh, at least in in this country here in the United States and I think elsewhere, for people to accept that we get born again. And, you know, if people can accept that kind of in general, that that's what happens to the soul. I, mean, I ask a lot, a lot of people, you know, do you think we have a soul and what, or what do you think happens after we die? And, you know, this, I think a great majority that believe that the soul goes on and more and more folks believe that the soul, you know, comes back until we get it fully together. And yeah. that helps make it not too big a stretch to think that somebody like Christ or, you know, in America, which is pretty Christian, that Jesus would come back because it's not just him. It's what human beings do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of the hierarchy itself is a natural corollary of the law of rebirth. You know, there's ultimately a relative perfection, but still even the masters, even the Christ himself have their next step that they're preparing to take. And so I really do think that if people just think it through, that this topic wouldn't cause so much, you know, consternation among many people. Yeah. 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 And it, it's so abstract for people. I mean, how, how do you relate to this whole idea of a, you know, of a coming avatar? But it's interesting too that the word avatar has found its way into the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly through, you know, social media and little emojis that dance around. But, um, you know, there's a lot of basic beliefs, as you're suggesting, that are emerging into the mainstream that make it easier to, to, to uh, accept the idea of some person arriving. Yeah. I mean, the Bailey books were written at a time when Christianity was the dominant uh, religion in the United States, at least, and in most of the Western world. And today we live in a world where there's so much diversity in approaches to the path. And sometimes, you know, if we link this idea too much to any religion, it's, it's a challenge. And so, you know, that's why we always try and present the idea that the Christ is the head of the spiritual hierarchy. The world teacher is the head of the hierarchy. It's an office and mm -hmm. it's not about any one religion. So I think that's a major factor in presenting this idea. It depends on your audience. The, the Tibetan even said that it, when presenting or advocating the great invocation, you have to do it with your audience in mind. If you live in a very Christian part of the world, then using the word Christ is not a problem. But in other places, it can very much be a um, challenge. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, I gave a talk on, on this subject at a, um, at a Hindu temple in uh, Wappingers Falls, New York. And during the talk, I used the word Antakarana. And here, you know, in, in this uh, element, you know, it's spoken of basically as, as a bridge between the personality and the, the triad but somebody came up to me afterwards and said that it he said it meant joy or happiness so that was an interesting uh lesson about having a context right but regarding context it also would be easier for folks to accept that in this case christ would come back if there was a context such as he's part of the hierarchy and that's why i mentioned that line from the Bible about Jesus was a high priest in the order of Melchizedek or Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think that people have to become more malleable in their thinking to consider the possibility and the ramifications of all this. Yeah, there were some interesting comments, which we hear a lot. And mm -hmm. it's certainly true from Joe. I'm not sure I can find them exactly, but she brought up the, yeah, here she says the Christ never told others that he was the Christ. He just was what was needed wherever he was. And then she had an earlier comment, 
the Christ has already come. He comes into and through the heart in the head and through the heart, the head in the heart. So what would you, how would you have a response to that? That sounds good. I mean, you know, it is a little funny, that line in the Great Invocation, you know, may Christ return to earth. Um, because if we believe he's the head of the planetary spiritual hierarchy, then he's, he's been around the whole time, and including before he overshadowed Jesus 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, and yes, of course, the, that presence in, in the heart and soul of us all. But we're talking about you know, becoming physically present on, on earth again. And, and I take that down to the very physical level, not just etherically physical. You know, Rudolf Steiner wrote a book in 1925, The Reappearance of the Christ in the Etheric, in which he was you know, suggesting that he wouldn't be visibly present unless we had etheric vision. But then supposedly in you know, June of 1945 in, in New York City, you know, the great invocation was given out and it was aligned with the timing for the decision by the Christ to emerge into physical presence. I don't claim to know any of this stuff, right? Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but that is that is this statement in the books and the Tibetan does ask us all to, as you just said, not accept anything unless it rings true to our own intuition. So for some people, the idea of a physical reappearance is beyond the pale, not something perhaps that they see as needed or perhaps She's referring to the idea that the Christ is already here, has never left. But I think what the Tibetan is talking about is helping to prepare human consciousness for the actual externalization, um, which is underway, of course. Yeah. But it's it's a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, even if he appeared in the next year or so, if attention was drawn somehow to this great being and he had an opportunity, let's say, to speak at the UN to the whole world and people knew it was going to be on TV or it's going to be streamed. Um, and he spoke incredibly inspirationally. It doesn't mean that everybody would believe it, you know, and I mentioned something towards the end of my little talk about a planetary Pentecost, which I do expect. And that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be open to the energy. A lot of people might shut their door and a lot of people might see him as the antichrist or just not like the call for, for unity and not be able to respond to love. So I don't think we're going to have, you know, peace on earth and goodwill to men and women uh, all over all of a sudden, just because the crisis here. Basically, I see it as just an incredible time of inspiration that will allow humanity just to make a shift towards embracing goodwill, embracing each other and working harder and more inclusively to create the new civilization. Humanity has a long, long way to go that I can't even conceive of in its evolution. This is not the end of everything. This, this, this is just, uh, you know, another movement of the spiral. Thank you. Uh, there's a hand raised from Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful um, contemplation. Um, something that I've found with a lot of people um, going into the, the religious aspect can in itself be divisive. So I've come at it um, with the help from the Alice Bailey books um, that we're energy and energy can't be destroyed. Yeah. It can only transform. Right. Um, yeah. Which often helps people that are going through a loss, you know, so. Yes. It's, it's what we do with our energy that mm. defines us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the aspect of we have seven followed by 27 zeros atoms within us, that's enough to connect us to every single life form on the planet yeah and maybe the christ is already got an atom within every one of us we just need to wake it up yeah mm -hmm. yeah so thank you thank you thank you uh there's a comment um i don't know if you would like to read it um brad towards uh the end um it's a longer comment from michael stamper would you like to read that 
if I can find it. If you scroll down um, to the end and then scroll up a little. Yeah, there has been a massive internal shift in many of the young people today that I have noticed gaining momentum over the last decade. So many of my peers are preparing for the coming of the world teacher without even consciously realizing that this is what they are doing. The precipitation of the kingdom of God upon the earth is without question underway. So many more people are doing the inner work and transmuting their inner worlds to a place of peace in order to transmit their light into the outer world. Absolutely. Right. And there are so many ways to, uh, to serve and transmit your light and, and make a difference. That's, that's certainly true. And those are all ways of preparing for the coming of the world teacher by doing the good work, by working towards right human relations. And this webinar today is one specific way to do that, which is by sharing information about the reappearance to help promote the sense of expectancy, which helps to invoke it. Because we read in the books that the, the invocative demand of humanity plays a big role in the actual physical plane appearance. Yeah. But it's about what we do when he comes. It's not really about him. It's about all of us and how we will be impacted and inspired by his arrival and the energy that comes through us all. It's really about us. I mean, why is he coming? And I think sure, what my reasons to do with hierarchy, I have no idea about, but basically, in a sense, it's about us. I think what Michael said is a, is a good point to keep in mind in, in the sense that each, it seems like each decade or each five year period because things are speeding up so quickly each generation is more and more attuned to the seventh ray and to the aquarian energies and therefore we have to protect the children uh, we remember that at the birth of christ um, there was an assault on the children and we have to make sure that we can do what we can to help ensure that the children are giving are given the freedom to come into this world um, with enough freedom to be children you know enough freedom so, to be themselves yeah yes i agree and that's puts a lot of responsibility on on parents just to allow these incoming souls to become them, themselves puts yeah. a lot of responsibility on our educational systems too yes. which don't fully fulfill that role yeah. and our government yes yeah right yeah because they're innocent huh? they're they're innocent and they need to be protected right and it's true yeah. so brad we're at the end of our time together and there are many more comments which i'll forward to you is there a closing word or thought that you would like to share with the group Okay. It's time. It's time in the world. Thank you. Just, you know, search deep in your heart and act on your response. Determine yeah. for yourself. And again, that last paragraph of externalization. Yeah. You must, you must. Yeah. Would you like to read that one more time? And that would be oh, our, a powerful okay. closing. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, get back to this. Your spiritual goal is the establishing of the kingdom of God. One of the first steps towards this is to prepare men's minds to accept the fact that the reappearance of the Christ is imminent. You must Tell men everywhere that the masters and their groups of disciples are actively working to bring order out of chaos. You must tell them that there is a plan and that nothing else can possibly arrest the working out of that plan. You must tell them that the hierarchy stands and that it has stood for thousands of years and is the expression of the accumulated wisdom of the ages. You must tell them above all else that God is love, that the hierarchy is love, and that Christ is coming because he loves humanity. This is the message which you must give at this time. And with this responsibility, I leave you 
work, my brothers. And that last line from Esoteric Psychology 1, it is to you that we look to fit them for the event. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Lucis Trust. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Brad. So let's just close with a moment of silence, visualizing the planet surrounded by the Triangles Network.